In celebration of one year of podcasting, we are holding a giveaway of epic proportions. Everything you need to get started running games. Four dice trays, 12 complete sets of dice, four crown royal bags, the D&D Essentials Kit, the D&D Starter Kit, Horde of the Dragon Queen D&D Adventure, the Young Adventurers Collection, Nerd Archives, Out of the Box Encounters, Brass and Steel Steampunk Tabletop RPG, OSR Greats, The Rat Hack, Into the Odd, and White Box Fantastic Medieval Adventure Game. But that's not all. The Curse of Strahd Revamped is included as well. This complete list goes to one lucky winner in the U.S. Here's how to enter. Head on over to Apple Podcasts or Podchaser and leave a review. Leave a comment as well. Then, go to our Facebook page and like it. Finally, stop by our webpage, thedungeonmastersdojo.com forward slash about, and leave us a message. Once we hit 500 on each, we will draw a winner. You must do all three to qualify. We'll see you next time in the dojo. Support the Dungeon Masters Dojo by heading over to Apple Podcasts and Podchaser and leave a review. Take the time to leave a comment as well. This helps make us more searchable to those listeners interested in content such as ours. But more importantly, we want to know how we are doing and what topics you would like to hear about. Another way you can support the DMD is by buying the DMD a beer so we can continue to deliver quality content to you, our listeners. This also helps us upgrade and replace equipment. Head over to buymeacoffee.com forward slash the DMD and buy us a beer or three or five. Don't forget to say something nice or mean. We don't care. You're buying us a beer. Now on to this week's episode. Scott, 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 what are you doing? I'm making a broccoli, cabbage, kale, and spinach smoothie. I'm going to consume nothing but smoothies from now on. Nothing but smoothies. Nothing Broccoli, but, yep. cabbage, kale. The good stuff. I'm opening all the freaking windows. I'm attempting to achieve an elven lifespan. It's actually quite scientific. We're talking flatulence. Um, we're talking playing the races of the realms. Elves, this week on the Dungeon Master's Dojo. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Dungeon Masters Dojo Podcast. This is a show for game masters and players alike. We hope to bring you tips and tricks to elevate your game and develop the art of dungeon mastery. I'm your host, Louis Aponte, and these are your dungeon masters, Scott Labby and Bill Robitaille. Let's head to the dojo and see what they have in store for us today. What the hell's that smell? That's his smoothie. Coming out. No, you haven't even drank it yet. It already stinks. <laughs> it can only get better. 
Stay out of the Lyceum. The pages are yellow enough. It's packed full of nutrients. It's packed full of something. And what are you trying to achieve? Elven longevity. Room clarification. 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 <laughs> How else do you live a thousand years? Um, you be an elf. Right. Or you drink broccoli, kale, spinach, and cabbage smoothies. Um, the, the, uh, the ears you got at the, uh, the, at the convention aren't going to work. They will not help. They make, they make large elves. Yeah, but putting pointy ears on a bohemoth gentleman is not going to turn you into an elf and neither is the smoothie. Sorry. I'll have the last laugh when I'm a thousand years old from drinking smoothies. Remember the Dan and yogurt commercials back in the seventies? They had all the... uh, Hundred and something year old Himalayan guys were eating <laughs> Dan and yogurt, goat yogurt. Yeah, yeah, that's funny. Yes, yes. Where are they now? Still in the Himalayas. Hundred and eighty-five years old. Those are Yetis. <laughs> hey, those are personal friends of mine. <laughs> Family, distant cousin. So. <laughs> I don't even know where to begin. <laughs> well, we're we're talking Let's about, talk about elves, elves today. Yeah, playing the races of the realms. This is for you players. Yep, and uh, and dungeon masters. So I'll facilitate this. I think this is for everybody sitting at the table. Well, it, as a dungeon master, you can help guide your players mm-hmm. into not necessarily the typical and or stereotypical elf. Yeah. So what is the typical or stereotypical elf, I would, I would, uh, I would say probably the Tolkien version, right? The Tolkien version, um, light, short, sure-footed, uh, fair skin, light eyes, blonde hair, or, or bright-colored hair, and of course, pointy ears. All right, that uh, just described me, except for the pointy ears and uh, sure-footed. I, I believe I said slight of stature. Slight as well. of st- and that. If you were three of them, yeah. <laughs> so what do they what do they look like? Right? What what are uh, what are some of our options? Right? We get some we get some options in the player's handbook, and of course there's a half a century worth of of stuff written about elves and D. Be honest lore. with you, I even newer versions, they don't deviate that much. They'll throw they silver don't. hair in there or red or something like that. Oh, we can have silver eyes or blue eyes or any color. Or, but aside from a couple things like that, there's very little deviation. And they don't do a lot for um, making them seem uh, special or otherworldly because I think is uh, elves are very otherworldly. They're, they should be. Yeah. I mean, and depending on what campaign setting you're using a lot of them originated from uh fey way back when and now they're just kind of uh a skinny snotty pointy eared human yeah and that's a shame there's uh very much very very different uh people or at least they should be they should be i mean i think the last time i played an actual full-blood elf um i made her i think her and she was about Four foot six, stocky build. Uh, when she wore a hat, everyone mistook her for a tall dwarf. Because there's variety. There's variety in, in every, you know, all the humans have got a variety. Why do elves all have to be the same build? Right. 
Um, and the variety is certainly um, certainly a good place to start, right? Because not every every person of every species or or race looks exactly the same. Of course, they have shared characteristics. And Absolutely, are probably not much different. My, my inspiration was a buxom Bavarian barmaid. That was my inspiration. I she wasn't a barmaid. She was a, a, a fighter, magic user. St. Pauli girl. Yeah, pretty much. St. Pauli girl with pointy ears and an attitude. And I had a blast with her. So we see what they look like in the player's handbook. We see what they look like in um, 50 years worth of D&D. We see what they look like in The Lord of the Rings, whether, whether you read the book or saw the movies. And I think the movies did a beautiful job of depicting elves. They did. Um, At least the way Tolkien wrote it. Right. But what about, what about your game? What should they look like with your game? Well, I guess it depends on what type of world they come from, right? Yeah, your campaign setting, yep. yep. Um, so your elves could be, could be peaceful. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and maybe those are the slight of build elves. You know, they're not the ones that are, um, they don't need to carry a lot of muscle because they're not making war. They're not warriors. Maybe they're healers or whatever have you. Artisans. Yeah. Playwrights. Yeah. yeah they, they run the guilds. Yeah, and Planet Fitness probably wouldn't be making a lot of money in whatever country those elves come from. No. But now you could make a warlike race of elves, in which case the ones who would perhaps pass on their genetic code more frequently would be those that were built sturdier. They would be your short, stocky ones. Well, being that the, the elven race is so long-lived and traditionally different in your world if necessary, have very few offspring because they're so long-lived, maybe it is selective breeding. Yeah. Yeah, there are no, you know, oh, I, gee, I like her. I'm going to marry her. Oh, no, 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 no. It doesn't work that way. We're going to decide, and we're going to take the fittest female and the fittest male to further the race and make the race more beautific in their eyes, which would be a large, powerful. Right, and that, and that would make sense when you when you really look at it because even if you are living five, six, seven, or 1,200 years like the Grey Elves uh, mm-hmm. from second edition, and you're probably only having one child in that whole thousand years, um, you would have to really be selective. So maybe that um, that choice would be taken out of out of your hands. So maybe arranged marriages would be more prevalent amongst them than maybe um, maybe other races like humans, uh, but for different reasons. You know, in, in in the human world, an arranged marriage might be for the purpose of carrying on wealth or marrying up, so to speak. But mm-hmm. for a long-lived people like the elves, it could be a responsibility to your species, which more so than, than the accumulation of wealth. The, the literal propagation of the longevity that you already have to ensure that they're more likely to live out a full lifespan. Right. So how do you think they would see the world, right? A long-lived, a long-lived species would see the world differently, I would imagine. Than... Oh, yeah, yeah. I, um, impetuous is the first word that jumps to mind for any of the races. They all make rash decisions based on emotions and 
Now, granted, elves will do it on emotion, but they'll think it through. Yeah. They'll think the ramifications, because they have to think the ramifications of everything. I mean... Yeah, especially, I would imagine, when there is, um, you know, the potential for war or conflict. You know, humans kind of live in the blink of an eye, and, and, and going to war and dying isn't... The same for a species that lives 60, 70, or maybe 100 years tops. Yep. Um, yeah, humans are, I mean, think about it. It's bad enough that they're going to do pretty much anything to kill themselves. Right. With, with Between their bad habits and their impetuous nature. And then they go to war and, they, all right, let's have my lifespan because of um, some guy in a big chair somewhere in fancy robes who's never going to pick up a weapon said I should. So for an elf, it would probably be a very different, a different thing. There'd be a lot of consideration. Maybe they would be accomplished diplomats, mm-hmm. um, perhaps even sought after by other, other races, other species. Uh, if you have an elven diplomat on your payroll, um, there's some true status. Yeah, yeah. Because not only did he serve me, but he served my father, my grandfather, and my grand and my, his father before him, and the the country is doing amazingly well. Otherwise, he wouldn't still be employed. All because he has made sure the transition between the generations has gone smoothly. Yeah, and a living historian too, mm-hmm. uh, someone who can go back to for a. Um, you know, maybe a you know a human kingdom all the way back to the time when the first king conquered the land or led the rebellion or whatever have you. Yep. Um, he was there, she was there from from day one. And in the short lifespan of humans, even if the kings are sitting up pretty, provided they don't kill themselves with gout or get poisoned, uh, fifty years. So if they've been sitting in that position for six hundred. There's twelve generations. Yeah, probably more. Probably, yep. you know, and the, uh, you know, they will serve the children of the king, the grandchildren of the children of the king, and so on and so forth, or or queen, or whatever, whatever have you. Whatever the hierarchy is set at. I, I see it a little different uh, from a different vantage. I can see them elves just waiting things out, too, because, like you said, a human, the human life is a lot shorter. Why should we get involved in their problems now when we could just wait for them to pass and then work past that afterwards if they're the instigators. Oh, yeah. 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 That's going to be, if they're going to go to war, eh, give them 50 years. They'll kill themselves. Off. Yeah. They will, uh, they will wipe themselves out as long as we can make sure that they don't enter into our territory. Um, yeah. Uh, we've seen this happen countless times before. And, and I think of that, um, that scene in, in the Lord of the Rings, I think it was the fellowship of the ring where, um, Elrond was in that that battle with uh, Sauron mm-hmm. and saw how all that went down, you know, and then afterwards went on living his elven life and, uh, you know, seeing it come back some, what, several hundred, maybe even a thousand years later. I'm not a Tolkien scholar. It's been a long time, but... Um, well, yeah, the ring was missing for 500 years. So, yeah, good a good chunk of time. So they would. They would 
probably well I remember the last three or four dynasties that ruled this area and they didn't they didn't do well their their impetuousness was what you know got them conquered or, or whatever have you or their greed to go up against a foe that they were ill-matched against yep lost all their lands now it's a different ruler altogether and and to that vein I mean we here we're, we're taking almost a pacifistic look at the elves, but I can see them as a staunch warrior. I mean, how good can you get if you spent 500 years practicing? I was just going to say that same thing. Yeah, um, probably better than any human warrior could. Yeah. Oh, definitely. And if, like, I, like, we'll go back to the scenario. I said, you know, where they would wait. But if somebody started encroaching their, their territory, now they have all these elite warriors ready to defend their nation. Because yeah, they've been out there quite literally practicing for hundreds of years. Yeah, what would a a Spartan version of uh, an elven society look like? Um, pretty pretty fearsome, I would imagine. Yeah. Well, let's let's go to the movies a little bit. You started talking about Lord of the Rings. Let's talk about Legolas. Would yeah. he have been that good if he was a human? No. Oh no. Exactly. So you know, he, with all the years of his growth, just hunting and, pra- and practicing, he's able to take the three, four arrows and shoot, you know, however many creatures at once. Do you know a human couldn't do that in that time span unless they dedicated themselves and that's all they did? But these elves, you know, they can do that. Ah, I'm done practicing for today. I'm going to do something for the next couple of years and come back to it. And you know, maybe not a couple of years, but they don't have to be as dedicated because they are going to pick it up for the for their lifetime. Right, or even if they did, right? What if they decided I was going to dedicate my 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 life to martial pursuits or, or sculpting or the creation of magical items or research, you know, how, well, even in the Tolkien world, you know, it's, Oh, these are glamoring and, and faux hammer. And the, Oh, these were crafted by the, you know, our forebears and the, you know, in the elven kingdom. When, the, if you have something that's that amazing, that has to be someone who is dedicated yeah. hundreds of years to the craft, to the metallurgy, to this, describing to the magic imbued in these items. So that's where you get these legendary items. There's very rarely do you hear a legendary item crafted by Joe. Right. The blacksmith at the end of the street. Yeah, he's usually too busy making really good horseshoes. But when you craft an item that is named and just as memorable as the heroes that wielded it, Right, that's that's something that's, and sometimes impressive. a weapon has a longer history than the, than the the person and or people that have wielded it. Yeah, so they would. Uh, that, perhaps, that's yeah, it's made by someone who knows their shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they'd probably be sought after um, weaponsmiths. You know, maybe the uh, uh, elven swordsmiths would be would be sought after by by everybody, or even their journeymen, if you. If you had their journeymen out in the world to learn how the other races do it or go to show them how to do it correctly, they won't catch on to everything, but maybe they'd be a little better. But I don't see the masters going out there. I don't see the grandmasters of, of those crafts going out anywhere. They stay home. They would, yeah, they would it's, stay it's home. It's their journeymen that are out there. You know, go, go find me this metal. We don't have this metal. See if you can find a new metal. See what you can do with it. Bring it back. Show me what you've done with the different minerals that are out there. Cause we had, this is what we have and we've done amazing things, but 
it's a big wide world and there are different materials, different metals, different, you know, ores that are everywhere. Go find something impressive. Go make something impressive. Bring it back. That that's your task before you become a master. And even a little bit, if you go a little bit further, it's not just about the metals and materials. It's now about all the new techniques you can pick up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, I mean, you, you put enough humans in a room with typewriters, eventually they'll write, you know, Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. So you can you can have your humans out there that stumble upon a process. And the elves perfect it. And the elves perfect it. Because they have the time. Mm-hmm. Um, Until the newest thing comes out. Right. So they, um, I, I can almost see them viewing the world... Almost in the same way, watching it like someone would watch a television show, you know, just being observers. Human, the series. Yeah. <laughs> like uh, like the, the watchers in Marvel Comics. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just standing there, observing, um, to some extent, almost like the evolution of all the shorter-lived races. Perhaps maybe directing if they say, well, if they keep going on this path, that might be destructive. Maybe we should send out an emissary or two to kind of nudge them back into play. Yeah, they, they, may, be, uh, they may be teachers. Uh, they may be like acting as shepherds maybe for the, um, you know, those races that are in their infancy, particularly humans. Yep. Um, you know, having had uh, perhaps a grandfather, great grandfather, that recalled when, when humans were covered in hair, and uh, made stone weapons, and had very limited language. You know, uh, records handed down orally, maybe just four elven generations, yeah. relatively fresh recollecting. So. How do you think the world's going to see elves? Um, I I think they would see them as almost uh, well, depending on who they are, fairy tale creatures. You know, the mm-hmm. humans may may have these these stories that they tell their children to put them to bed at night. You know, you don't want the uh, the elven queen to come and come and uh, whisk you, you away. away yeah. You know, uh, you don't want to be out in the forest after dark because that's when uh that's when the elves come out and they like to uh they like to take human children um i think the dwarves may see them as dwarves tending to be conservative may find them a little irritating um a i see an elf being habitually tardy um, having, <laughs> yeah. having no sense of urgency, you know, it's like, well, I'll get there. It's not going anywhere, you know, and neither am I for that matter. So <laughs> I'll get there when I get there. There's, they're the ones that you're constantly waiting for to show up if you have like a dinner invitation. Um, and that may, that may bother the dwarves a little bit who I imagine would be very punctual. Uh, I can see that. Um, as opposed to the, the, the shorter Halfling backslash Hobbit races who never seem to leave, right? They, uh, <laughs> but that's another episode. <laughs> I think I think a halfling, a halfling and a um, and an elf would probably get along relatively well. I think the halflings would find elves very curious, 
fascinating even mm-hmm. um and would in 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 baggins like fashion often want to journey to go visit elves to see what's going on there um i think uh i can't see a halfling having any sort of sense of urgency either right yeah they come to the same end yeah by two different means yeah unless it's a meal time well yeah in, in which case uh if you're if your halflings behave well, which in any one? Way, shape, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like all of them, like the hobbits that they came from, yeah, um, they would like a good meal several times uh, throughout the day. Um, I don't know. I, I would, uh, I would find. Uh, I, I would imagine Dragonborn would would find them somewhat irritating. Um, I could see that, but I, I think the, dra- my take on it, the dragonborn would probably find them, uh, a little bit more, a little bit more on the camaraderie side, not necessarily because the dragonborn are long lived, but because they are, are fairly unique. And I think they would see the elves as long lived and as knowledgeable as they are and as craftier as again, being unique. But I could see the dragonborn being more prim and proper, and appreciate the fact that mostly elves, as well, are prim and proper in it, most cases. Yeah, I would. I would imagine an elven society would have very, not necessarily strict rules, but there there would be there would be etiquette in place. Etiquette and yeah, that that I think that's the key word is etiquette. Yeah, and uh, because when you make an enemy, you make an enemy for a very very long time. Yes. So you don't want to step on toes. So there are certain rules of engagement whether it's conversation or gift giving or ceremonies, weddings and, and, and the such and following that etiquette in order to not step on anyone's toes. Cause you don't want to make an enemy for 600 years would be conceived by other races as prim and proper and, and you know, maybe even aloof and snobbish. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think, um, I think the dragon board would appreciate that. And I think the world would see them as aloof and and snobbish and i i think probably the the biggest reason for that would be that i think elves would i i can imagine elves feel much in the same way that that you or i do um when you you know when you uh form a bond of friendship with with someone um and they pass it's it's very difficult you know, there's a lot of emotions at play there. But if you're someone that lives hundreds of years, forming a bond of friendship with, you know, with a human must be almost like having, for lack of a better term, having a pet, right? We've I was going to say exactly the same thing. We've all had dogs before, and when yep. our dogs pass, it's 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 heart wrenching yep. and. Uh, I would think they'd be very guarded of their feelings that way, knowing that they form a bond of friendship with someone that's only going to live 70 years. Um, He's getting kind of old and his hip is gone. We should put him down. You can always get another one. (laughs) They breed like crazy. Which, (laughs) yeah, humans do. (laughs) So I think think they would be guarded. Guarded, yeah. yeah, and and those uh, they would have a reputation from those shorter lived races as being aloof, you know, holier than Stand-off-ish now, standoffish. Yeah, I'm better than you. It's not that I'm better than you. I just don't want to get too attached to you. And 
and I can I can see an elf forming a friendship with a human or one of these shorter lived races, and then when that that person dies, um, them kind of continuing that bond of friendship with their offspring. Yes, or and, or the offspring's offspring, or yeah, wh- whichever one seems to catch their fancy. So there, yeah, there's this this uh, elven friend of the family for several several generations, mm-hmm. where great great grandchildren be like, oh, this is my great great grandfather's adventuring buddy from four hundred years ago, or whatever have you. Um, Just call him Uncle Taraxis. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. Hey, it's Taraxis. Hey, who's that? Who's Tarax- oh, that's my Uncle Taraxis. You know, he's been our uncle for four hundred years. Yeah, he was my great 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 grandfather's uncle. You know, I just <laughs> so it, yeah, there would be a change in 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 dynamic that would have to be considered. You know, these are all considerations too. Like when you when you're running at your table, you're playing your character. What the the elf is the elf is more than a pointy human. Yeah, right. They should be. Yeah, their their thoughts are going to be different. Their feelings are going to while the same. They would, you know, there there would be some differences there culturally. They would be very very different. Uh, I don't know about you, but I have a sudden craving for some Toll House cookies. So yeah, let me, let me run up to the upper deck here. And my smoothie's almost gone. Thank God. Well, yeah, it's we been should, slowly pouring it out while you weren't looking. Should probably open the doors too. I'm getting them open right now. Let's talk about this week's sponsor. Drip It is an online gaming magazine that focuses on the gamer, not just the games. Join the discussion of Dungeons and Dragons and other tabletop role playing games, retro gaming, classic gaming, and all those great games that don't get enough attention. Drip It calls itself an inclusive gaming roundtable. Yes, just like King Arthur's Knights of the Roundtable. Regardless of who you are or what you're playing, you are equally deserving of the respect owed to all who do battle in the world of gaming. Check them out at dripit.com. That's D-R-I-P-P-I-T.com. And we're back. <laughs> Where the hell did that come from? <laughs> that drink was right where it came from. <laughs> He's walking around and he hit his head on the gong. All right, so next question. Why would an elf adventure? Why would an elf adventure? That's dangerous stuff, right? Um, you could get killed or seriously injured, and it's uncomfortable. People sleep on the ground. Yep. I have two words. What's two, that? Which two words? Boredom, curiosity. Boredom and curiosity. Yeah, if you live in the same place for 200 years, you're going to want to go see stuff. I know I get irritated on a weekend when the wife has got the same time off. So (laughs) (laughs) imagine living for 600 years with the same people and not leaving. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't made it past 17 yet. You want two words? (laughs) Marriage, family. (laughs) That's enough to drive me to adventure. That's the same thing as boredom and curiosity. Things things are deadly. Okay. So is my wife. She's pissed at me again. Has been for 125 years. Yeah, that's uh, and I spent three years saying I'm sorry. It doesn't do any good, and I don't know what I pissed her off about. You know, so <laughs> what do you imagine the divorce rate is uh, in Elvin society? Because that's um, we 
if if it's like till death do you part, you're making a commitment for several centuries. Uh, I don't see elves getting married. No, huh? I I see. Well, let's wait. Let's wait on uh, on all that. All right, kinky elf love stuff <laughs> that's gonna about to happen. <laughs> oh, um, I see why. Okay, yeah, right, uh, I got gotcha. you. Gotcha. <laughs> let's stay on track with adventuring, but I, I I'm intrigued by by your. Uh, by, by all that. So we definitely have to come back to that. But um, curiosity and boredom, right? Yeah. Why Why wouldn't they want to travel beyond their forest or their mountains or wherever um, to see stuff, to experience different um, different people, different, different species? Well, safe and secure may not be enough. Yeah. Especially for a young elf. You know, mm. for uh, the elven equivalent of us. Uh, old fat lazy yeah why why would you want to i'd rather just hang out in the forest barefoot drinking yeah you know like all more, all, more mead please yep yeah, like all middle-aged elves do right <laughs> drinking broccoli and kale smoothies oh, or you can have all those you yourself please keep that on your side of the table you get no nose blind after and, a while and it's neither you or it gets too close to the lantern please <laughs> <laughs> There's some important documents down here. Yeah, we're right back at that thunder wave thing. That's actually not a spell. That's uh, your spell components are a broccoli and cabbage smoothie. Uh, yeah, I, I can. I could definitely see a young elf uh, embark on on a, a a journey for maybe a hundred years or so. Um, yeah, a little walkabout. Yeah. Well, like I said earlier, he may have been driven out by his master. Could be. Yeah, yeah, it's one of those. No, no, you need to experience the world. You need to know what you're crafting for, not just us. You know, it's one of our exports. That's how we we don't use a lot of money, but when we need it, when our emissaries go out, they need money. They need the the the, the currency of the world, and this is how we earn it because they'll take some of our wares with us. Maybe some of the elven caravans will go out and take some of the wares, but we got to know what they want, and this is how we find out. I can see um, them adventuring for the purpose of chronicling and 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 mm-hmm. research. Those are those are my two words, Lou. Lou springs these. Lou gets these these uh, in, inspirations, right? And, and he's like, "Okay, on the break, while I'm trying <laughs> to enjoy a cookie." Lou's like, "You need to pick two words, and you have ten seconds." Like okay, two words about what we're eating cookies. Yeah, um, like what, buttery yum? and chocolate. Yum, yeah, and more. <laughs> uh, so I can I can see elves of 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 any age, particularly maybe uh, maybe some of the older ones, the mature elves, uh, going out and doing much like the uh, the Greek and the Roman historians did back in like that classical era where they're going and they're seeing the world and they're chronicling their journey or they're, they're living among uh, different people of the world to gain a better understanding of what their culture is, you know, how they, how they behave. And, well, and, and how, as a species, the elves are going to interact with those other Yes, because I can imagine, and this speaks to one of the points you made earlier, that there would be, there would certainly be some some etiquette behind uh, interacting with with other 
other species. The prime directive. Yeah. Yeah, I, you know, I'm going to say it before you do, <laughs> and and there might be, you know, some yeah. some elven cultures are like, you know what, we we uh, we cannot give all of our knowledge to these humans about magic because they will end up wiping themselves out and probably a couple other people. So we need to kind of pull back. Yeah, we can we can show them the little stuff like magic missile. But we we are not going to show them how to take the veil down between worlds because they'll end up rushing in. And trying you know to damn well the they're going to try. Yep. They are going to try. Uh, you know, spreading diseases as as we often do. On the flip side of that, they could also be going out there to see how much they actually know and to come up with a way to prevent them from destroying themselves and not themselves, but the world in general. Yeah. Cur- yeah, that, curtail their advancement. Yeah, the um, because, they may be, not be ready. Well, in in our the world we built, that's pretty much what happened. There was science and there was magic, and the two were blended quickly. And in an effort to find great greater power, um, blew up a continent and it, destroyed yeah. an entire race, with the exception of just a few individuals. Well, if you go back to like uh, second edition two point five, there was some humans that actually attained. 10th level and 11th level spells that actually did a lot of cataclysmic events. Yep. So why would you want them to do that? Yes, like Bill said, to, let's see what they're, how far they advance in magic or technology, and let's see if we can turn Mis- that. Turn, misdirect them. Curtail yeah. them just a little bit. Yep. You know? give, oh, I'm going to give you advice. you got a great idea. You should be doing this. Or if they're already at that state, how do we prevent it or defend against it? Right. So an, an elven death squad would not be... Out of the no. out of the ordinary, oh, I would think yeah. where it's, and I think they would see this as you know, and, and they're uh, I see elves as inherently peaceful unless you design them in your world otherwise, and mm-hmm. we have done that. Yes, we have with one particular race of elves, but I I would not necessarily see them putting together like a death squad for the purpose of conquest or for the purpose of malice. But this is what we have to do. Because this is in the hands of someone who who is a child, really. Yeah, it's like it's like a toddler with a handgun, right? There's no malice behind it, but they're going to pull the trigger eventually. The consequences are going to be just as horrific as if someone trained with it has it. Perhaps so that, even worse. Yes, that would make them, you know, in their eyes, probably just as guilty of letting it happen if they already knew that it was. Well, there. I wouldn't see them as a death squad. I'd see them as cleansers that need to go out there and excise any particular problems that could escalate and do harm to themselves and the races and the groups and the people around them. So, you know, yeah, they, they would go in, then they would see it just like that. They would mm-hmm. see that as, as performing a service for the world and every living thing in it. A broad spectrum. Yeah. They definitely have, I, I definitely see them all, at least the, the hierarchy of the elves, having a very good view of the wide picture, of the big picture. Yeah, and maybe they would see it the same way as we see um, uh, gypsy moth caterpillars, you know? Yeah. They come in, well, we, we're going to need to spray the shit out of this tree because it's got <laughs> the gypsy moth caterpillars on it, and these things are going to kill the tree. So, And every tree around it. Yeah, which is uh, the taking of a life, granted a short-lived life, but that's how they would probably see a human because um, if that gypsy, gypsy moth backslash human was allowed to propagate in this fashion, it's a tree today. It's the forest 
tomorrow. The next yeah. generation would be a forest. And the one yeah. after that would be so widespread you can no longer stop it. So they would come in and they would like maybe take out whatever uh, spellcaster it was that was amassing this 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 these high level spells. And some of you may not know this, but spells go beyond tenth level, all the way up yep. to twelfth or thirteenth. I I, I want to twelfth, I believe twelfth. Yeah, and and we'll talk about those later on down the road. Not today, but pretty. Impressive stuff. These that's these where my example level. was where it came from. Yeah. You know, that's why I, I, I specifically mentioned those higher level spells. Yeah, and that and that would be a good reason to send these elven assassins out. Cleansers. Out I don't know why cleansers. you. I, I don't know why you're fixating on this. I'm using I'm using the human term. <laughs> that's it. That's it. You know, uh, we we long lived races. I come from the species of old and crotchety. Yeah. <laughs> you can say that again. What did I tell Carla? How old did I tell Carla I was? 622 or something Correct. like that. <laughs> yeah. That's, uh... I, I, I'm, and I'm not the youngest one, and I remember that, Scott. <laughs> it's kind of great being the youngest of the old guys. <laughs> Just a starry-eyed kid. Yeah. All right, Junior, what's next? <laughs> <laughs> Cultural considerations. Let's talk about elven culture, like right? There's uh, what they eat, what family may look like, and uh, what's important to them. I want to talk about what family may look like first because <laughs> um, we were talking marriage. Um, we were. And, so, and I had a different view on that. And I've actually run this particular angle in a lot of my long-term games. Uh, I don't see elves getting married. I, I see the arranged, arranged copulation for the fur- furthering of the race. So I can see the elders saying, no, uh, this man and this woman are going to cohabitate and they're going to produce a young and they're going to raise that young. But when that young gets to the point where they are considered an adult, you are, your obligation to the to the elves as is complete. And if you choose to do so again, you can let the elders know and they will see if another arrangement comes up. Marriage is usually for the stability of the family to help raise and ensure a healthy and happy environment for the young. If at year 200 you have your child and they are now considered an adult at another 100 years later and have gone off to adventure... And I'm looking at another six, seven hundred years of life. My duty in marriage, quote unquote, has been accomplished. And I may have affection and feelings for, for my partner, but my my obligation is fulfilled. And that's how I ran quite a few of my L's for quite some time. So after that, then you're like friends with benefits. If yeah, you're a booty call. Yeah. Elves, yeah, elves have their booty calls. That's it. Which is why they pointy-eared giggity. Yeah, they uh, why they're always happy. That's it. Uh, and why dwarves are always miserable. It's like all the women have beards, <laughs> and we have a hard time telling them apart. I think there's only a handful. I. So that's yeah. exactly what you need to use to tell them if apart is a handful. <laughs> so the. 
But that's another. This is not a practice appropriate for today's society, folks. So <laughs> this let's is true. Not go out We're talking and, fantasy worlds, yes. <laughs> and and you still have to ask permission. So I, I wonder if I wonder if uh, you know, like every every seven years, you know, they go back to their uh, pond far. Yeah, they have the pond far. You know, they get all all horned up and the elves every seventy. Angry. Yeah, every seventy years. <laughs> no, I bet that's you know just my perspective and. and Way back in probably the 70s and 80s when I was running a campaign, I had one that went about 12 years, and the, everyone in the party was an elf. And it got to the point, well, I'm going to get married. Um, we don't do marriage. Yeah. And well, like, it what? The, it was the 70s, man. It was the 70s, man. We don't do <laughs> marriage. Free, free love. Free love back in the 70s and the 80s, <laughs> you know, before uh, before the whole HIV thing. But, yeah, the, yeah back before, then. Before uh, the fun, you know, the jiggly bit started falling off. Yeah, all you had to worry about, you know, safe sex was making sure you didn't bang your head on the headboard. And, well, you know, while you're, <laughs> that's it. And, and, then, and then the HIV thing came, and everybody was like, oh, okay, you know, maybe marriage is such a bad thing now. Um, uh, put a... Put a damper on the But like life. I said, I mean, that's how I, for 12 years, yells. And, and probably about year, the end of year one, beginning of year two or so about, um, there were some of the party members, hey, we're going to get married. What's that word mean? Lou's making notes. He took a pen right after I got yep. done talking. So I, that means it's like, that. oh, oh. There goes that whole headboard thing being taken <laughs> right out of there. I just made sure to put explicit. Explicit. On the, on the... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, you know, some people sleep with their feet towards the back end and their head towards you. You could kick the headboard. But you're not banging your head on the headboard like Scott suggested. Well, one of them maybe. And this is why I marked this one as explicit. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought that was a blanket a blanket rating. Yeah, we're, all right, so. I, I, I put the double down on some of them. But the, yeah, well, all right, so we're. Well, all right, so. This uh, is not a house of well, mouse that's, well, that's, uh, episode. Uh, as I said earlier, um, that's how I ran it. Uh, the, the players really kind of glammed onto it for a little while. And then it, it became a moot point because they said, all right, um, you're adventurers. Number one, why would you try to marry? Number two, why would you try to have a child in the middle of an adventure? Um, you're just really good friends. And let's leave it at that. And that took a whole lot of complication out of a lot of things. And yeah. then eventually when one of them died, because let's face it, I kill things pretty easily um, and wantingly because I'm evil. The they you know that wasn't that whole oh no that's my wife it's like oh no that was my best friend um, it it made playing and in character creation a little bit easier not why I did it it was just my perspective at that time I think it makes a lot of sense right why would why would something that lives such a long time have the same kind of thought process behind marriage or even like that that type of bond that a short-lived human would have. Right. Well, like I said, you know, the whole the whole concept of marriage is to have a safe and healthy environment for the offspring. Well, if you have one offspring and that was 400 years ago, okay. Now what? Yeah. So what would what would family structure look like? You know, perhaps it would be extended. In that if we we're, we're going to take the case of it's it's not so much an arranged marriage, it's an arranged copulation. And mm -hmm. then, you know, you have, you have your duty is to um, your, you know, your offspring for X, you know, number of years, whatever cultural, you know, whether they reach adulthood yeah. or they themselves find someone to partner up with for their, you know, for their stint and whatever it is in your, you know, your campaign, you know, there's, there's going to be certain start and stop points uh, in my particular perspective. 
so family though may not be well certainly family would not look the same as it would for you or I. No. Family no. may be extended to the species or that particular area that you happen to to live in. Well, it it might also extend to um the the parents of your particular partner. So basically your in-laws. Why? Because it is considered proper etiquette to do your part to for them because as long lived as elves are there are still elderly elves yeah and someone's going to need to take care of them now that might be that extended family and yeah it would be five six seven eight hundred maybe a thousand years later but there's still a certain fealty towards those people because they were gracious enough to provide you with your partner that in turn provided you with a child makes sense I I would um I'm a firm believer that elves should look old when they get old. You know, I think there's like that Linda Carter yeah. phase where they look the same from the age of 20 to the age of like 75. <laughs> you know, like pretty much like Linda Carter. Yeah, like but, Linda Carter, yeah. Um but then after that, you know, they kind of like your your middle-aged elves will will look middle-aged and your elderly elves would would look would look elderly. Just progression is slower. Yeah, and I I think I I can imagine that they would be very very reverent of of their elderly. Yes. Because they're they're living history books. They're like fountains of knowledge. Oh, speaking of fountains, you know how it's just dipping into the fountain that Linda Carter's into? You ever seen Marie Osmond lately? Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, I mean, granted, I mean there's a little um <clears throat> technology there, but still she's She's dipping in the same fountain as uh as Linda. Yeah, Carter I was a there. big Marie Osmond fan um, as as a uh, as an adolescent. Uh, <laughs> Who wasn't? Yes, that's true. The Donnie and Marie show. Yep, yeah, uh, yeah, it was the rhinestones that did it for it you. Was, it, yeah, and and she still looks fantastic. She still looks absolutely fantastic. Yeah, she does. And, yeah. and for that matter, so does Donnie Osmond. Donnie Osmond's like like Dick Cavett. He uh, I saw him on The Masked Singer. I don't watch it. I. <laughs> But, but, but your just, girl does. You just happened to <laughs> yes. see this. So you didn't watch it, but you saw it. The the missus watches it. <laughs> which means he had to. Which which me. meant that when I was done doing all of my cool DMD stuff, <laughs> I made a guest appearance on the sofa <laughs> and watched the unmasking of Donny Osmond as one of the masked singers. And, uh, yeah, it looks fantastic, and he's got to be in his 60s. Yeah, right I, he's probably defiling the Dick Cavett where, like, he didn't look old until a week before he passed away. It's the spinach, cabbage, <laughs> kale, and broccoli smoothies that they're all all drinking. It, yes, that, that must be it. But you have a slight problem. Unfortunately, I looked down, and the end of the plug somehow has detached itself from the, from the cable of you know, the cording, so you can no longer plug it into the wall. The blender. The blender. That's. It was an accident. I, I don't know what happened. Well, if I have to eat the 12 pounds of roughage right there that I would normally juice into an 8-ounce glass, then I will do that. But it's not going to be pretty. It's not pretty now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, speaking of smoothies, what do you think elves would eat? Uh, I, I see elves being predominantly vegetarian. Predominantly, I would I would see them as as living 
living very closely with with nature maybe not not even not even farming or growing their own food but just knowing where the forest provides the food or maybe even an elven type of farming you know i could see them almost like living in a permaculture food forest you know where it's like okay this is just where this plant does well so we'll make sure that we kind of guide this plant and all the other types along with it and this is where we'll get our broccoli or kale or kale you know or our carrots or our berries or whatever whatever have you um kumquats i just like saying the word yeah, cuz it sounds vulgar and uh, no it's matter it's a fruit i don't know why you would say that no matter i how, just like the word it's no like, matter how old you get you're still 12 kumquats Yes, and we're moving on. <laughs> so I, I see, I see a lot of uh, you know a lot of stuff like honey and a lot of vegetables, a lot of nuts, um, and I see them taking just what they need, um, so that they're living with the other things in the forest. Um, a very different approach than than humans is like, let, all right, let's cut all the shit down, and then we'll dig up all the dirt, and then we'll plant all this stuff. And when things come to eat my stuff I planted, I'll kill them and eat them too. And I'll take a whole bunch of this, and I'll have really big meals, and I'll get really fat. But that's okay because we have beer too. So I see um, <laughs> I see the elves with a different approach. It's like, all right, this is what we have. I partially agree. As far as, you know, the the... As far as the um, harvesting from the you know from nature and allowing nature to grow as nature, I, I I'm I'm on board with that. I'm on board with the whole let's let's. That's Orlando take, Bloom calling, by the way, in the background because yeah, he can, heard we're talking it, about elves tonight. That's it. Yep, he's like I'm I'm in. That's, that's a call, Lou. You need to put him on hold. Yeah, you tell know? Orlando we'll get yeah, we'll he, get to him as soon as we. He's can. kind of impetuous, so I just okay. Yeah. <laughs> Why, why is it tonight my fax machine decides it's going to ring like an SOB when every other night we don't have a problem? I do see them um, not necessarily as predominantly vegetarian. Um, I see them more balanced, but I also see their metabolism being different, where one meal a day might suffice as opposed to three. Right. So instead of eating uh, pork with my breakfast and a... Uh, steak with my lunch and fowl with my dinner, they're going to have one piece of protein or fish or something a day. So they're consuming considerably less. So that one deer or that one um, that one wild boar would go much, much further in their society as opposed to a human, which would quickly consume it quite literally three times faster. And that's, uh, and that's why you never see a fat elf. So, folks, uh, keep your eyes open for the Elven Diet book that we'll be writing <laughs> on on how to uh, how to achieve that coveted uh, Orlando Bloom physique. Not not the uh, not the fat Legolas from the Hobbit, <laughs> Hobbit, but you know the not the fat middle aged 
Legolas from The Hobbit, but the uh, <laughs> the, the slim, slender, young. young Legolas from uh, Lord of the Rings. Well, that's what Pilates will do for you once you get too old. Yes. Yeah, there yes. You go. Little Pilates, and you look younger and thinner. Yes, and I'm I'm heading off to Pilates uh, after this and after I'm done yeah, with I, my I, cabbage I, 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 uh, Go smoothie. do some yogurt. I'd love to see that downward dog after that yogurt. Yep. <laughs> that smoothie. <Not> <laughs> I see you laugh now, but when I'm 400 years old, uh, we won't I, be laughing because we'll be buried. Be dead, yeah, and I'll be like, ha ha, there you hey, go. Speak for yourself. Well, you're 622, so. Yeah. And? He doesn't do kale or cabbage. No, he's just too miserable to go. That's what. That's all right. I had your guys' phylacteries at the, at the campsite yeah. this week. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you buried him as expected. As instructed. <laughs> so what is important to an elf? In what way do you mean? In any way. Honor. Honor. Okay, how come? Well, I see them as, a, a for the majority of them, being an honorable race uh, or species. Um, I don't see them going back under word. There's no need to. So, you know, I see them more of a, one of the more honorable races. Well, they're, they don't. They don't. No read for. No reason for them to lie. Are you going honorable or truthful? Honorable. Mm. Well, that that's a much broader term. It is because they will have to lie from time to time to keep the truth from people. Yeah. And you wouldn't want. Um, you wouldn't want to get yourself a bad reputation if you live a long time because you own that. <laughs> yeah. For centuries. And stories will propagate. Yeah. And if you're if you lean to the good, uh, three hundred years later you're a hero. But if you do one little wrong, three hundred years later you are the scourge of the countryside. And now everybody's out to eradicate you. Yeah, he went out for a gallon of milk two hundred years ago, <laughs> and, and I a, had and a scratcher. Yeah, and I had to raise my little elf. From this little nugget all the way up to an adolescent 200-year-old. And if you have ever had to deal with an adolescent elf, it's no picnic. Well, especially when they're real young. Those terrible 20s. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> and they're moody for like 75 years yeah. and uh, storming around in the acne and everything. Yeah, and it's just uh, and yeah. braces. Yeah, tweens. You know, somewhere yeah. between 50 and 150. Uh. <laughs> just the tweens. So you don't want that bad rap, yeah. If you say you're going to do something, uh, you're 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 going to do it. Um, I get that. I can see where 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 that is, um, where that would come from. I would um, I would think overall the species and the needs of the species would probably be really important to an elf. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, propagating the species, maintaining the health and welfare of wherever it is that they live. I could see them probably living closely with other other fae-like species, maybe fairy types, woodland animals. I could see them being uh, being caretakers of the forest. That being very You're special sounding to them. stereotypical. Um, I'm not saying would, you're wrong. Yeah, I'm not saying you're wrong. And I'm not saying I disagree. It's uh, a solid. It's a solid stereotype. You know, if you yep. if you have that. Um, you know, as humans, we tend to shit where we eat. Yeah. You know, we'll we'll pollute and we'll we'll take too much. 
we're very short-sighted and I see elves being very different. It's like, okay, this is where we live. It makes perfect sense to take care of it because if we don't, we're going to be living a long time in a really bad place. And who wants to do that? Yeah, the humans will go, oh, my kids will clean it up after 50 years. Yeah, after, but, they'll but pick I'm up gonna, my mess. But, but I'm going to be here for 600 years, and I have one kid, and he's been gone for four of it. Yeah. Um, and I don't want to live like this. Yeah, I would see them just having that kind of wisdom to to know that and and care about it, and, and that being kind of like a widespread thing amongst their people. I get it. I see... And once again, I might sound a little stereotyped, but I see knowledge as being one of the most important things to them. Whether it's knowledge of their their own race, whether it's knowledge of the other races, whether see, I say races because I'm old. You guys can say species and be woke. I don't care. I the knowledge to make sure that their race can still thrive amongst all the other shorter lived races and everything they're going to do and everything they're going to learn and how they are going to reflect upon or react to the Elvins. So I see knowledge as being one of the most important thing. And it's not just, you know, or I'm going to keep a bunch of books. It's I need to know what's going on with my neighbors and their neighbors, because even though they may be two countries away, that's going to affect me in time. And that's one thing I got a lot of. And I'm probably going to see it happen. So I want to know what's coming. So I see knowledge as being one of the most important things. I Yeah, I I agree. I think um, even, you know, as broad as, okay, we have uh, elven diplomats or, or even like half elven. We're going to send <laughs> half elven diplomats out to, out to the humans um, because they're just able to relate to them better. They don't yeah. look as different. They may not be accepted as, as much, but they still are a little bit more relatable and probably yeah. can relate to the humans better as opposed to being accepted by the humans, but they can relate to the humans and bring that information back. And I, I think um I think even you know, knowledge to the point of well, I I play this instrument and I am very good at this instrument and this is just what I do. So when people want to learn this instrument, this is where they come. They send, you know, the other, other uh, elven musicians will come, or maybe even a human uh, will come looking for me. Um, just like knowledge of of everything, all the way down to yeah. book binding or uh, no, no, sandal no, making. Knowledge in general, and you know, think of all the crafts we mentioned earlier about some of the named swords. That doesn't come by accident. That comes from knowledge that's been accumulated for centuries, for millennia, and turned into practice. So I, that's why I, I say knowledge. Yeah, and, and why wouldn't a long-lived race be looking for, for knowledge, right? Because um, accumulation of wealth, if you, if you have everything you, you need or you want, um, I, I, I don't think they would be prone to get on that hedonic treadmill. Yeah. I don't think there would be wealthy elves, but I don't think there would be poor elves either. I think there would simply be elves. There would simply be elves, yeah. Um, because things like money and gold um, for the amassment of, of wealth is 
would be seen as foolish. It's like, well, in that vein, there, there really would be a ceiling to it. It really would be enough is enough. Yeah. Where a craft and the perfection of that craft, there's always a way to do it better. There's always one more stage or one more um, technique that can be perfected on and make it even better. And even if it took a elf's entire lifetime to perfect that one little piece to be passed on to the next to their journeyman who can then say, no, no, this was perfected by my master, and now I know how to do it as well. But I wonder if I can make it better. And that's the the drive that you know of knowledge. I think that would be what the elves would equate to wealth. I I can see that would yep. would be that um, that degree of knowledge where okay I was uh I was not necessarily paid a thousand gold pieces for this item, but I was shown this technique that was perfected over the over the lifetime of one of you know one of my master craftsmen or or whatever have you um yeah that's something that you know you can have all the gold you want but here is a technique a a, a piece of knowledge that only i and maybe three other people have but we're looking for people worthy enough to pass it on to we're willing to pass it on we want to but we want someone who's willing to learn it and once again, you're right. That I would see that as the wealth. What class would you guys choose? If you're going to make an elf, right? What would you What would you choose for your class? Truck driver. Truck driver. <laughs> <laughs> I think for me that would all depend on what age I was making them. Um, for a younger or for. Or younger um, elf, I would probably do a ranger or a druid. For somebody older, um, I would either go cast, you know, a mage. That's I think that's where I would do it. And again, it all depends on age. Yeah, that makes sense. I be honest, with you, I I never pigeonholed myself by. By a class, it's it, what struck me, and more often, I, you know me, I'm I'm notorious for iron manning my my stats, iron manning everything, and I'll roll the stats out, I'll put them as I roll them, and go, all right, what does that what does that speak to me, and what what what, what can I make, what do I want to make with this, and I've had fighters with a nine strength, I've had casters with eleven strength or eleventh intelligence and wisdom, uh, because why not? It may it may be harder for him. It may have taken him longer. I can take a middle age elf and, and make him first level caster. Well, my intelligence is eleven. My wisdom is a twelve. I'm I may not necessarily my charisma is a, a a ten. I may not be the best caster, but I can cast. Beats the hell out of making cookies in the tree, though, doesn't <clears throat> it? Uh, well, I don't know. Those are pretty damn cookies. Those are, those are, good those are pretty good cookies. I love fudge stripe. Those are my favorite. Yeah, no. Blue wants something different, but too bad you are outvoted. I would, uh, I would be drawn to making an elven monk because I see, um, I see like martial arts and um, that that whole kind of aesthetic lifestyle as being something that an, an elf would would excel at. It's I'm going to focus my time and my energy on 
um, uh, building my chi, uh, my inner strength, and um, learning the martial arts and calligraphy and uh, shaving my head and walking the rice paper path. This explains why he was drawing David Carradine with Spock ears. Which, uh, <laughs> tell me that isn't that is an epic, right? It, it did look epic. I, I'm yeah, not David, saying it's bad, and we will post it on the refrigerator for you yeah. for you for at least a month. It, it, it's refrigerator worthy. See, it's uh, Lone Wolf McQuaid, David Carradine. <laughs> <laughs> yep, uh, when he was in his prime. <laughs> And that is our celebrity reference of the day. <laughs> no, yeah, um, I yeah, I don't think I would. I don't think I'm driven or, or to pick any specific class for an elf. I I let my stats or or if I come up with a vision of something, and I I can be inspired by like a toothpick. So I'm, you know, what sets off my imagination usually doesn't. It isn't really anything grand. But yeah, I don't. I don't personally see myself as as you know. Oh, and, and he's an elf, and he and he's got a great charisma. Oh, he has to be a bard, you know. Oh, he's got a great dex. Oh, yeah, I'm going to make him a rogue. And no, I. Yeah, know. we build characters very differently. I, I we come do. up with a, an idea for a character, and I'm like, oh, that'd be cool, and that's how I build them. Um, you let the chips fall where they do. I do, and, but uh, I but I have made it. some epic characters by doing that. Yeah, I, I think the... But I, of um, course, I play the shit out of them, which helps. Less, less than ideal uh, characters are always the more entertaining ones to play. Challenging, but entertaining. Yeah, I and, and well, uh, you remember, that's, that's how we did it back in the old days. Yep. Um, if you had a nice DM, you were rolling four D6s and dropping the lowest one. If if you had you, uh, you were rolling three, three D6 six and, and hoping for the best, and and you roll them in order. Yep, yep. And and, and that's that's the that's the way it was. I mean, well, you know, fifty years later, when I got a little softer, I'd allow you to roll two or maybe three sets and let you pick the the best. But I haven't seen it happen. Yeah. Well, yeah. there was a couple of times. You didn't bring good enough bribes. What? I bring the drinks sometimes. Back then? Back nah, then? No, 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 I didn't. No. no, no. Nope. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, I, I, I don't know. Uh, what else we got? That's all I have. That's all I have. That's it. All right. We got to wrap this up and make it sound professional and... Luke can uh, cut out all the all the banter at the end of it, so we sound awesome, as he always does. He is awesome. All right, so let's wrap it up. The amount of diversity available to the player is fairly extensive when it comes to character creation, but if you're new to the hobby and a bit unsure what all this stuff means, go ahead and use the standard elf model that you're familiar with, whatever it might be. After you've dipped your toes into the creation pool a time or two, now it's time to just dive in and build. What your imagination and your vision sees in an elf could possibly be like, that's what you need to build. Use the points we've gone over. Release the unique and individual elf that lies within. Show the table just how awesome your version of an elf is. Now, roll initiative. And that's Playing the Races of the Realms, Elves, 
We'll see you next week in the dojo. That's going to conclude this episode. Thanks for tuning in and listening. Please subscribe to the podcast for more great content. If you'd like to hear a particular topic, you can reach us out on Facebook at the Dungeon Masters Dojo. Or you can drop us an email at the Dungeon Masters Dojo at gmail.com. Thank you and have a good day.